simple truths, most of us need hope in dark places. And all of us go through those seasons, one way or another. So I just pray that each one here, including myself, including those online, or those that may hear this later on, would hear some hope that you are giving in their dark places. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, well, I'm not really original. I heard this, uh, this story uh, on TV, and, but it was about this one Protestant that was in a Catholic neighborhood. And this Catholic neighborhood, you know, as Lent season would come, and some of you know that on Fridays they're only supposed to eat fish. And anyway, this one Protestant, every season this happened, he'd be out in the back of his yard grilling steaks. And it started driving that whole neighborhood crazy because he's the only Protestant in this neighborhood and they'd be going on Lent and giving up and, and fasting and here's this smell of steaks, you know, going across. And so a couple of them got together and went over to him finally and said, God, you got, you're driving us crazy. And he says, oh, what's the big deal? And they said, well, this is how we, we do worship and we give something up and that's what we're... And they said, well, why don't you just become a Catholic? And he's like... Okay, sure. So he went to the priest and to their church and he went through the uh, classes and so forth and got to the end of his classes and he, you know, the priest came over, got some water and sprinkled it over him and said, you were born a Baptist, you were raised a Baptist, you are now a Catholic. He's like, okay. And they were all happy and, you know, problem solved. Well, it come to the next season, next year, and uh, they're all kind of relieved, and all of a sudden that familiar smell started coming. And here's this smell of the beautiful, wonderful steak going while they're doing fasting and all of that. So a couple of them got together and went, went over to check out what was the deal. And they look over at him, and he, he's, he's over his steaks, grilling them, and he's taking some water, and he says, you were born a cow. You were raised to be beef. You are now a fish. <laughs> anyway, what does that have to do? I don't know. <laughs> Some of you. Um, one thing I want you to know, and this is one thing I've seen over the years, is I believe that God has planted treasures in all of us. And I've always thought about it like many of us don't even know each other. And we're, we've been to church together, we see each other, but we haven't got a chance to open each other up, see what's underneath the hood, if you would call it that. And um, I have found during different seasons, all of a sudden someone I've been to church with for maybe 13, 14, 15 years, and I haven't, other than the polite, hi, how you doing, and walking out the door, all of a sudden, this person, and I, it's not only at church, sometimes it's at work, or sometimes it's in a group you're with, all of a sudden, you're able to open it up and you find an amazing treasure and you're like, how in the world for all these years was I around this treasure and it never came up and all of a sudden that treasure pops up. And sometimes it's during difficult times, sometimes it's during a good time, but you're like, wow, there's this amazing treasure. Um, 
So I think each one of us actually, and I'll go through some of the scriptures, God is drawing the treasure out of us, but a treasure isn't just for yourself, it's for others. And some of the treasures we're gonna find out come in difficult times. But this morning, I wanted to, to do something. We're gonna work, uh, we used to call these activations. Uh, and that's a buzzword for people that have been around hearing God's voice, maybe for you or someone else. So this morning, I do have a word, and the first one I have is for Barbara this morning. And uh, Barbara, I just saw that when I was asking God about you, um, and he drew my attention to you, uh, not just because you've helped me out, but recently I just seen now this is, and I'm, I'm telling you guys how I see some things, and maybe this will help you, but I saw like a log or a plank. But if you see in those movies, you may have two big chasms, and there's this one log that's right over the plank, you know, or it's a plank, and it's, you, you're going from one chasm to, or you're crossing the chasm from one side to the other. And I really believe that that's what God has you being. Sometimes you're not appreciated or you haven't noticed and you're kind of out of the woodworks and maybe not all kinds of flashy like someone that's speaking or something else. But God has been faithful in using you to transition people from one spot over to another spot. And in it, some of those spots seem difficult either way because they come up to a cliff and they don't know. And you're there to just transition them over to the next spot so they can go on ahead and move on with where they're at. And the Lord wants to tell you that some of those people you, you, you don't get to hear from, but he's going to remind you and some people are going to be coming back to you to say thank you. Okay? Now... There's another person, this is easier for me when I do it with someone I don't know, um, but there's a young lady here, glasses, cap, maroon, right here, yeah. God's got a word for you this morning. And as you walked in this morning, I just saw you, and the, the thing that hit me, the picture in my mind, now I get a picture, but I believe this is Holy Spirit speaking to you, is like a plumeria. Do you know what a plumeria flower is? It's, when I lived in Hawaii, they're, they're small. They're very small. They usually have only five. They're little beautiful things, but they carry an amazing fragrance. An amazing fragrance. And that's what God's saying to you. You, you may be small in the way you look at yourself. You don't look at yourself as bad or anything like that, but God wants to put you in places where your flavor or smell goes all over, not physical, um, uh, but that's what he wants to bring with you. And there's a transition time right now where you're kind of thinking, okay, that's a nice word, but he wants to put you in maybe with another bouquet of flowers and so forth, another group, if you would call it, of people that are able to bring that and encouragement to others. So when your sense of just natural flowing, that's what he wants for you and he sees you, he sees you this morning and that's why you're being pointed out and he likes you and he likes your fragrance. So this morning, 
you guys got handed a little art if you didn't. Use a piece of paper, use your pencil, use your pen, write it on your leg. But on the very bottom here, we're all going to practice hearing God's voice for someone this morning. Now there's someone here this morning um, that you are going to get a word or a thought or an impression from God to that person, okay? I'm not gonna tell you who that is. I'm gonna take the stress away from you to, so you don't feel embarrassed or trying to get something, but don't worry about it. That's why I put it on the bottom. We can take care of it later and you can give it to that person at the end or give it to me and I'll give it to that person. But um, anyway, what I want you to do, and I think up on our sheet, there's a little bit of guidelines here on this activation. Uh, it says, by having a relationship with Jesus and listening to Holy Spirit, then respond to him. We daily can discover his treasures in others, even ourselves. One hint to be able to distinguish if it's your voice or if it's his voice, I'll give you a hint, it's both. Um, but most of the time when you're giving something and you're giving a thought towards someone, it's usually better than you would think. So if it sounds a little bit better than something you give, it's most likely Holy Spirit. Um, but there's thoughts in there. You may get a picture like I did. If you notice, I got a picture of a, a log or a plank. And in your case, I got a picture of a plumeria. And then God built upon that for me. Some of you will get an impression, some of you will get a scripture, whatever, but what I want you to do, and everyone at least try this, it may be uncomfortable, but try it, and especially since you don't know who it's going to, but God has a special word for someone this morning that needs encouragement, needs love, needs hope, and you're the one that's going to give it, okay? Now, the thing is, is don't put your name on it or anything so you're not feeling like you're pegged and you did something, what I want you to do is go on ahead and close your eyes right now. And we're going to give you a couple of seconds. Now ask Holy Spirit, just in your thoughts, give me a thought for this person that needs some hope this morning. Okay, now I want you to write on the bottom that thought that you had. It may be one word, it may be a sentence, and I know some of you, if you're like me, you might end up doing a paragraph in a book, but that's why it's so small on the bottom. Try to just keep pointed a word of hope and go on ahead and start writing right now. And the best way I can have you to do it is just write, Dear Loved One and finish the sentence, okay? Now while you're working on that, I'm gonna to go to the next section. It's just the way I think sometimes, and, the, and then I always wonder, guy, why am I so off, and why am I, I seem like I'm critical, or I seem like why is it everyone, well, sorry, Patty, I'm going to pick on you. If you've ever listened to Patty, she just like goos and ooshes with love and just wonderful, at least here. Uh, I don't know at home, but, uh, and I'm like, 
why am I, I'm always thinking, well, why this, why that, and this? So, part of this message is going to be me going through some questions. And have you ever been, this was one of my first questions, and I'm going to be honest with you uh, this morning. I'm not sharing with you from a point of victory, if we want to call it that. Um, I want to share, and I've, I've shared before, but most of the time people want to share a message because they've made it through to the other side, and you get to hear a message, usually from a pastor if you listen to any TV preachers or anything else, and they've shared, and what you did is you got a 10-year synopsis in less than 30 minutes, and you're going away going, oh man, I have hope. Well, it took them 10 years to go through that process. This morning, I am not sharing with you because I made it to the other side. I'm in the middle of the process. No, I don't want to share with you all the things that I am going through. Sorry. Uh, some things are personal. Sometimes it affects my family. Sometimes it affects everything else. And until God brings someone that's special along or I can trust, I'm not going to air my dirty laundry, but I'm going through stuff. So in this, I'm sharing with you a process, and I'm in the middle of it. So um, one of the questions I had is, why are so many Christians going through so much stuff? Uh, if you've seen on the, uh, the deal, yes, it's why do people have to go through so much crap? Uh, Bill told me crap is an acronym for Christ redeems all people. Um, most of mine seem like it's manure I'm walking in. Um, or have you ever earnestly sought God and can't see him moving positively on your behalf? Have you had that? Or things happen to you that just aren't fair. Or even you're abused, maybe not feeling protected, or things just not going your way. How about outright being misrepresented or even lied about? Or even you actually started in a positive direction, maybe even sensing a calling or a gifting, and you're overcoming so many obstacles and then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. Romans 8.28, you see this scripture on the, and I, I have a lot of these in uh, either the uh, Passion Translation or the Message Translation. Um, but this one says, we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called, fulfilled his destined purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This scripture can bring you great encouragement or great frustration. In my case, now this is how I'm letting you in, how is it that I'm going through so much stuff? This is a positive scripture, but I'm going through it and it don't look like it. Well, also to let you know, not all things that are bad are from God. There is evil in this world that will do harm. But not all the things that are bad, as we perceive it, are from Satan. Sometimes 
It's from God. So how do we distinguish in light of that scripture? Well, I'm going to share with you today about two different people that I know that really went through some difficulties. Now, there's more that many of you, if we started a, a whining session, uh, all of us have our own difficulties, but I'm going to share with you, and what I want you to do is, if you have your bulletin, just put a little check mark. Now, these may pop up one at a time, but a uh, little check mark if this identifies with you, okay? If you identify with what these two people have gone through. First of all, have you ever had a dream or felt you had a gifting that many didn't understand or believe in? Okay. Just put a little check next to it and see are on your paper because I want to add these up. Uh, maybe a parent or a family member, authority figure, didn't understand your potential or thought you were disrespectful or arrogantly hopeful. How about you suffered abuse from a family member or family members? How about you've been abandoned? You went through abandonment issues. Next one, you may have even found yourself in slavery or indebtedness to someone. They're kind of the same thing. How about some, someone you've developed trust with and in a relationship with betrays you? How about when you finally work yourself to be able to breathe again and make something for yourself, someone lies about you and smears your character and you get forced out of your accepted group or your social group or even sentenced to jail because of those misrepresentations? How about even when you're in your new group, that new situation, or in jail, you ad adapt and you do well within that system and you even find yourself helping others. But even there, those who you've helped forget you. What happens when you want to live the prosperous God-follower life and see others get their miracle and they get their intervention, their purpose, their dream, their place in this world, but it doesn't happen for you. How about, this may have gone on not just for a week or a year, but maybe five years or 13 years or longer. Many of us have carried some of this for a long, long time. Now, this is my thinking process. I know these two individuals, and I'm like, oh, my. I mean, so now that you've made your hash marks, if you were able to, let's say you come to grips with all of this, and by chance, just by chance, you get the opportunity to meet the same people that either lied about you, abused you, hurt you, or whatever, and they may not know it, but you have the ability and you have the resources to either retaliate or react to them. What would you do? Now, don't say that openly. Some of us are amazing and say, oh yeah, I'll forgive them. And some of us, at least 
maybe the first thought I usually have is, how am I going to fry these people? Or I want to, and I wouldn't say it that way. I don't always do it. I, I use the word justice. How can I bring that person to justice? I'm just being honest. That's what many of us carry. That's the load. Now, here's something else. When you've carried that for this many years, this is what different people uh, and the things that have been stacked against you, they will think in in a psychological or a psychology world, even a counseling world, political world, or even our own church world, they may say you become a product of your environment. Or the odds are great against you and you have a probably a higher potential for bitterness, poverty, and hopelessness. Does that sound true with what we're hearing even on, it it doesn't matter what voices we're hearing in public or ourselves or, but here's the problem. They may even say it's because you have some sin in your life or some of your motives are wrong or they're not pure, okay. Well, here's a hard thing. What if partially some of that is true? Then it even gets worse because some of them aren't. What are we supposed to do? Well, my wife and I went for a drive two weeks ago up to uh, up into the hills to go look at, you know, all the changing of the colors, and just go look. And we ended up at uh, Homestake Mine, and I don't know if. Many of you have been around. You go, go up there, and there's the big hole in the ground. And, and I've been up there several times and uh, go inside to get a little sticker or whatever. And I was over looking at one of the informational videos, just pushed one, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit began to speak to me. And just so you know, it wasn't this great mo- moment that I laid down on the floor and I was you know, God hit me, I'm looking forward to those times, but it was just a thought that came in and all of a sudden a clarity of all that had went on happened. My dad was a gold miner, um, a hard rock gold miner. And I remember when he was alive, I took him up to Homestake and that was one of the potentials. And he, uh, he actually gold mined down in Cripple Creek in Victor, uh, Colorado. And he was also a pastor, so he had transitioned from full-time, doing two jobs, and then eventually out of it. But he would tell me all the stories about gold mining and all of that. But when I hit that video, and it was an older one, it was a black and white one, all of this stuff got downloaded, and he was speaking to me about what these processes are. Um, So this is what he downloaded to me. Now, when you guys think of gold... And now I'm switching to gold mining. When you think of gold, what do you think of? A lot of times you may think of something that looks beautiful like that. Or something beautiful like that. Some of you are geeks. And you may think it looks like that. I don't know if you realize gold is in almost all your circuitry. and Okay? But... You may think, oh, that. Now, here's the thing. God has made us as gold, and he is drawing it out of us. 
And we hear about us becoming a treasure, and I mentioned about treasures. But today I'm going to share with you how you get to be looking like those pictures in your mind, something that's beautiful, that is encouraging, or something very valuable to someone else. Um, so here's the thing. There is gold in a lot of things, and I want to show you what gold looks like when it's not found in a creek, or it's what hard rock miners would call the ore. Okay, let's look at the first picture. Don't that look like a beautiful piece of gold? How about the second one? Oh, that's a pretty rock. Where's the gold? How about the next one? Looks like that. They're all looking different. How about the next one? That one looks like a great piece of gold that I want to put on my finger. What's the next one? Gold. Well, these are all pictures of gold ore. And if you're not informed or understand the elements that are around that gold, you may walk right by that and never notice it. It takes someone that knows not just the gold, but all the elements that are there. So, John 6.44 is a scripture that is key, and this one's in your notes, so you can actually write something down there. The only way people come to me is by the Father who sent me. He pulls on their heart or draws. He pulls or draws on their heart to embrace me. And those who are drawn to me, I will certainly raise them up in the last day. In that scripture, who's the one pulling and drawing? Is it the person with the four spiritual laws chasing someone, saying you need to ask God to come to you? He may use that person. It's the Holy Spirit that's drawing stuff. The thing is, God knows what he put inside of you. Um, he put stuff inside of you. He knows the gold is there. He's known you from before creation. So he knows what's in there and he is pulling it out. Well, how do you get it out of you so that you can look something like the next picture, which is a treasure box? How can I look like a treasure when those rocks that I was just looking at don't look like that? Well, I want to go over a process here. And here we are in the process. The next, this one, okay, I'm going to explain a little bit how some mining. Now, there's different processes with different mines, uh, but all of them have some different parts. So you take that, you see that ore stockpile up on the left-hand side? You take the ore that's all chunks, and then what? does it get thrown into? It gets thrown into a crusher. And then after the crusher, it goes into a milling process. Okay, fancy term for milling means more crushing. Um, inside of that big round thing, and I'll show you some pictures later, is these big balls and little balls, and all it does is sit there and grind it even further. Then it goes on to a different process, and it's called leaching. 
Now leaching, you put in either cyanide or sulfuric acid or some other chemicals, you put it in a vat with water and it's a process of, a chemical process to help further separate gold from the other elements. When I hear leaching, I don't like that word, I hear sulfuric acid, don't want to be around it. I hear cyanide, all those are nasty poisons. But they're used in this process. Then it goes down to this, uh, the next object, and basically through pressure it puts into this other pressure leaf filter, it's a filtration process that it gets it even further and these filters grab it. Then it goes through something else and it separates the oxygen and the carbon dioxide and it pulls that out and then they add maybe a little bit of zinc to it and it goes through another filter process and then it goes through another thing that's a pressure deal and then even if you look at the bottom it goes down to this calcinating deal and uh, I'm not saying that right I said calcining and that's an oxidizer by exposing it to strong heat okay so you're working for chunks like this down, 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 down to where it's basically a mud and even less. And then you expose it to heat because the heat allows the gold to, it's easier to separate. Now, the last part, if you look, is smelting. Smelting, not smelling, but smelting. It will go and it, it just liquefies it. Okay? And in that process, then it draws down and you can get some dross off of the top. What We've maybe heard some of those messages. The dross comes off and then you pour it into little bricks and eventually you get those pretty things called a gold bar. Okay? Now, I want you to take a look at what some of this really looks like. Now, here's the thing. Everything that I saw and I saw in that video Holy Spirit's saying, that's what he's doing to me and he's doing to you. There's a common thread, which unfortunately I'm going to show you what that thread is. The first picture we'll see, I don't know, that's called a crusher. That's what you dump the ore in into there and then it comes out and it basically just does what it does, beats it to pieces. Then here's a picture that is your milling process right there. That's one, a very large one. And that's what's turning around. Again, crushing with the balls and getting it pounded. Okay? And then eventually down the road, after it went through all the chemical nasty process, that then it comes to this. And it's just smelting and it brings it down to where it's gold. Or I shouldn't say it's gold. Gold has always been there all the time. The people who work on this know the gold is there. They're just drawing out what is there. Now, I was kind of surprised at Homestake. It's, I, the little informational video said it takes, took up there at least more than a ton of ore to get just one ounce of gold. Then I looked at some other mines online and some of the high production places they can go from two tons to 91 tons to get one ounce of gold. Gold is a limited mineral. And I'm like, whoa, why would someone spend that much time trying to get all of that? Because there is value in gold. 
Holy Spirit wants you to know, yes, you're going through a crushing process, and maybe your whole life has been a crushing process, whether it's physical ailments. And this morning, we heard about it. Maybe it's relationships broken. Maybe it's just depression. I don't know what it is. And it seems like we go through another crushing process. And then when we're not in a crushing process, we just feel the pressure pushing on us. And then when the pressure's done, then we get thrown right into heat. Well, sometimes if you think like me, here I go, I'm like, oh God, why don't I skip that whole process? And I don't know if you've seen all the shows on TV with the Alaska groups that are doing the gold panning, what a gold rush. And they're doing things and they're finding the nuggets that are already there. Well, let's look at the next slide. It's interesting because now, I know, some of you it's a black and white and this is kind of geological thing and maybe not that interesting, but if you look down low, those little dark spots are where gold deposits happen and they still go through the same process. Either it's magma or pressure from underneath the earth which brings the heat, brings with it up to the surface and you can have either a hot springs or a thermal thing or even like in California, when they had the gold rush, part of that was because of uh, tectonic plates that kept on moving up against the coast and it brought stuff that was up from the bottom and the pressure and heat brought it up and they'd find gold in lines. But if you go to Nevada, they don't find gold in lines. You find it in different spots. So how it's all done, but all the gold, so when you're panning for gold, it is actually this process that brought it to the surface. And then it kind of goes through a river or something like that, takes it down, and they catch it on the different edges of where the river bends. So these guys, like you see at the gold rush, they're looking for this, and then they dig in that silt to get what has already been done. That process, that the man-made process I talk about, well, this is the process that gold has went through. So when they find gold nuggets, it came to the surface very similarly. And it was separating, and it, some of it got separated through, again, every bit of gold that you go through, no matter how it's found, goes through a similar process, and you'll see this in your notes, crushing, heat, and pressure. All of that is what's used to draw the gold out from the elements that are around it. So, Job 28, 1 through 11, I think that's on your notes, but I think, I, I never even knew this scripture was there in Job, and then it hit me as I was studying, and I'll just read it with you. We all know how silver seems the rocks. We've seen the stuff from which gold is refined. We're aware of how iron is dug out of the ground and copper is smelted from rock. Miners penetrate the earth's darkness, searching the roots of the mountains for ore, digging away in the suffocating darkness. Far from civilization, far from the traffic, they cut a shaft and are lowered into it by ropes. Earth's surface is, is a field for grain, but its depths are a forging fire sapphires from stones and chiseling gold from rocks. Vultures 
are blind to its riches. Hawks never lay eyes on it. Wild animals are oblivious to it. Lions don't know it's there. A lot of us, and maybe the world around us, don't know the gold that you have inside of you. They don't see it. Holy Spirit is like a miner. Miners hammer away at the rock. They uproot the mountains. They tunnel through the rock and find all kinds of beautiful gems. They discover the origins of rivers and bring earth's secrets to light. I'm sorry to tell you this, but God's working at you to draw that gold out. He's not upset with you. He's not beating you over the head. But some of that beating process is actually trying to separate the stuff that's attached to you so the pure gold comes out. Proverbs 17.3 says, In the same way that gold and silver are refined by fire, the Lord purifies your heart by the tests and trials of life. Zechariah 13, 7 through 9 says, I'll refine them as silver is refined. Test them for purity as gold is tested. Then they'll pray to me by name and I'll answer them personally. I'll say, that's my people. They'll say, God, my God. Now, if you remember the example I mentioned at the beginning and how many areas you may have, be able to identify with. Um, hopefully you haven't had all of them, but maybe there's a good portion of them. Well, the two people I'm talking about, maybe you figured it out. One of them is Joseph. Joseph, if you think about it, and Joseph's one of the Bible characters that uh, you don't really hear anything negative. We assume maybe some things, but here's Joseph, and his dad maybe spoiled him. Maybe his dad wasn't the best dad in the world. Ah, he was also half-brother, you know. Um, and his other brothers and him, he had some family problems, serious ones. Um, I mean, they, they abused him. They threw him down in a dungeon, you know, or a, a well, a dry well. Then... Not only that, they wanted to murder him. They had a real good family dynamic there. Um, then one of them had a little mercy and said, well, let's sell him at least, you know, let's try to save him. And he gets sold into slavery. Slavery, you're indebted to someone. You don't get the option of saying, oh, I want this. No, you're indebted. And then we, we remember the story how he ends up being he had favor and he started really working well and he, he took care of Potiphar's whole household. And then guess what? Someone liked him. Unfortunately, it was Potiphar's wife and he stood by his character. But what did that get him? Have you ever felt that way? You stood by your character and you still got slammed. And then he got put into jail. He was lied about. I like Joseph, but I don't like the whole story in realizing, and I'll tell you even more, let's say now he's in jail, and he even had a little bit of favor, and he started to the point when he was in jail, over a period of years, 
We're not talking months, we're talking years. He got favor where the jailer basically let him steer traffic in, you know, in the jail. And he even got to a point where, if you remember, he gave two dreams, interpretations of dreams, to two guys from Pharaoh's court. What happened? And have you ever felt that? You felt like your giftings finally show up a little bit and you're, you're going to bless someone and it's like, oh, praise God, finally, I'm breaking through. And they forgot him. Sometimes we feel forgotten. Well, later on, that's, I wanted to also say two people because I don't know if any of you remember uh, Tiffany uh, Mares that was here what was that? Almost, I don't know how long ago it was. But she shared about Jose, who was also in prison down in Honduras. And Jose went through almost the same things that Joseph did. Um, I was having a visit with Bill, and we were kind of talking about it. I was really drawn to this story about Jose. By the way, I was really impressed with Tiffany. She never even talked about herself. She talked about this other person. Jose, you know. But do you know what Jose means in Spanish? Joseph. Figure out the time frames. The time frames for Joseph, he went in at 17 through this process when his brothers, you know, dumped him in, and he comes out at, when he ends up before Pharaoh, 30. That's 13 years. That's why I identify because sometimes your process just doesn't seem like it's quitting. It keeps on happening. Joseph was there in the process. Well, what was the purpose behind all of this then? Yes, it's to draw out the goal, but look, in, um, look at that list and realize just like Joseph didn't realize until the end that his purpose for going through all of that was beyond himself. It's for someone else. Psalms 105.19 says in the Passion Translation, God's promise to Joseph purged his character. I don't like those words because that sounds painful. It is. He purged his character until it was time for his dreams to come true. All of those dreams that God put in him long, long time ago all came true, but it didn't look like he probably perceived when he first had those dreams. Genesis 45, 4 through 8. I asked you about, you know, all of these things if you identify with them. I want you to find out what all of those hard things are about. It says, come closer to me. Now, this is when Joseph... You know, when he came, and I also asked, what would you do if you had the ability to repay or influence the people that harmed you? What would you do? Um, luckily, he probably didn't have a torch in front of him. But uh, some of these, you do, Joseph had a realization, and maybe it took him that 13 years to understand what to do when you end up meeting that person that may have abused you, hurt you, lied about you, misrepresented to you. Holy Spirit's kind of careful that way. But this is what Joseph did. 
And his brothers come, and of course they don't recognize him because he looks like an Egyptian. And he was younger, and now he's older. And he says, come closer to me. Joseph said to his brothers, they came closer. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. (coughs) How would you like to be that person going, ooh, the very person that maybe I abused or I made fun of or I lied about is standing in front of me and I know they have enough power and enough authority to direct the rest of my life. And his brothers felt that. Um, But he wanted to assure them, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But don't feel badly. Don't blame yourselves for selling me. Here it is. This is underlined. God was behind it. Does that mean God may be behind some of your struggles? Then he says, God sent me here ahead of you to do what? Save lives. There has been a famine in the land now for two years. The famine will continue for five more, neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me on ahead to pave the way and make sure there was a remnant in the land to save your lives in an amazing act of deliverance. So maybe those very people that have lied and abused you and misrepresentative, maybe God's got a plan to save them through you. That goes with politics, that goes with church, that goes with family. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. It wasn't you, it was God. Now, I've heard this a lot of folks will say, you know, they go through some pains, they go through stuff, and and after they're done with it, they kind of say, eh, I wouldn't trade it. They seem to be pretty much holier than I because I probably would trade lots of the pain. But you don't learn the lessons without going through the pain. Um, I'm going to conclude this, but... Here's the hope part I'm hoping for each one of you. Now, I just laid out what you're going to go through. Crusher, crushing, pressure, and fire. So that's what you get to look forward to when you leave. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm so encouraged. Here I come. Beat me up. Here we go. But that process brings about the gold, and he is drawing the gold out of you. So how do you survive while you're going through this? And this is the part, I'm just going to share with you some some things, and I don't have a complete list. I'd like to give you one. Uh, Follow steps A, B, C, D, and buy my book, and there you go. You'll feel good. I look for those things, but God is doing something in a relationship. First, First part, realize you're part of a bigger picture. Joseph may have taken 13 years to go back and look, and he's affecting people that may have hurt him. And I think that happens with many of you. You have seen it in your own lives. Here's another one. Don't isolate yourself with your own doubts. Find others, either friends, other believers, books, television programs that remind you of who you are and whose you are. I'm just being practical for you. 
okay? I've had to do that. I seek it. And many of us get it different ways. Some through relationships, talking, some through books, all of these things. And I want you to look, or I don't know if I even have these up. No, I don't. Be that friend who comes alongside of someone else as they go through their testing time. And I want you to look at this verse here, and it's 2 Corinthians, and I think you have it on your outline, uh, 1, 3 through 7. It says, Blessed, gratefully praised and adored, be the God of the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts and encourages us in every trouble so that we will be able to comfort and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For just as sufferings are ours in abundance, welcome to the crushing process, as they overflow to his followers, so also our comfort, our reassurance, our encouragement, our consolation is abundant through Christ. It is truly more than enough to endure what we must. But if we are troubled and distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. Some of the stuff you're going through, you are the only person that may be able to comfort someone else, truly. This morning, I woke up, and I was going through something. I had read something that was just disheartening. I'm like, I had to go out for a walk, and, I, and I'm going to share some other things that I think, and I was practicing it. I was being, trying to think of all the things I could be thankful for, and one of the things that came to my mind was an individual that I was thankful for because that person has encouraged me off and on through, through several years now. But I look back at what they went through and I'm like, oh my, it looks like you were tailor-made for encouraging me. I don't wish that on you, but what they went through for several years, they have been able to encourage me. That is what you are. It is for your comfort and salvation or what we are comforted and encouraged. It is for your comfort, which works in you when you patiently endure the same sufferings which we experience. And our hope for you, our confident expectation of good for you is firmly grounded, assured, and unshaken since we know that just as you share as partners in our sufferings, so you share in our comfort. John 13, 34 says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. This is a process of loving someone. Love doesn't always come in this warm package where you give candy to someone and it's good for a minute. Some of it's just going through someone while they're, they're messed up. And you just love them through the process. One of the things is, and I'm learning this because this is what I do, don't judge, but help them refocus on Jesus and what his goals are, not just their goals. And as you're sharing with someone and you can see that they're going through stuff, empathy is wonderful, but just refocus on Christ. Now, these next two things happen with me. I have a, a group of guys that I meet with, um, and how it came about was, was just different. We had one intention. Two of us kind of met and said, hey, we, we need to 
kind of what an old accountability group, but that doesn't always work. And we just met, and mostly to just encourage each other and to focus our focus to be on Christ. I mean, that's really, and it's grown to a, a bunch of guys that meet and either focusing me back on being a good dad when I want to pout and complain because my kids act like kids, or to be a better husband when my marriage just seems like it's just, you know, whatever, and focus back because we all go through different times. Or at work, things are just, oh, I can't believe they did this. If they'd only run their business by my standards, it would work perfectly. Or maybe in a year fall apart, I don't know which is the case, but focusing in, getting these people that are connected. Well, this is a group of guys that have kept my, what we call, head on a swivel. And so what you need to do, and if you can, while you're going through this, ask Holy Spirit who you can be led to. Um, maybe it's a larger group and it'll bring out the golden treasures in you. And maybe that you can be the same for, that you can share. Don't worry, all your struggles aren't, you know, not everyone can have them, so you can share and they can share to you. And when you get a hint of who that may be, ask Holy Spirit, just a hint. Try to pursue that hint. Let Holy Spirit do the work of connecting you or reconnecting you with someone and stay focused on Him, not them. So when you get together or whatever, don't just make it a whining session. Just see what God's doing in their life. Now, I want you to, when I say that, it is hard sometimes, especially when you're going through some heavy, heavy stuff. I don't want to share my heavy stuff with you guys. Some of that's just too embarrassing and raw. It's just hard. So finding that right person you can trust, especially if your trust has been broken before, it's very hard to find that. Just ask Holy Spirit to take the pressure off of yourself. So when you pursue someone, maybe you think God's leading you to that person. Remember, it's not your job to do the work of the Holy Spirit. It's his job. And trust that God will use the Holy Spirit through them. And take the pressure off. If it doesn't work in the time frame you want, don't worry. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But if you both happen to cooperate, God can start doing amazing things. Now, two other big things that has really helped me in the process, like I, I just used it this morning. Um, this is on the bottom of your, your sheet. And... Uh, the first thing is instead of asking God to get you out of the struggle, invite him to come into the situation with you. A lot of times we're trying to escape, trying to get out of all of those things. I do too. Pain is not a fun thing. But next time, this morning, in fact, we're... I'm wrapping it up now so you can feel relaxed except for the last little lines that I'm going to have you write out. But I want you to ask Holy Spirit to say, come into my issue, whatever that is. Come in. Don't ask to get out of it. Ask him to come into it and go through it with you. Remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? 
they went into the fire and they were going to go in one way or another. But Christ went in there with them. It doesn't even say that they knew he was there. He was there with them. And at that process, afterwards is when a whole shift of a whole political regime shifted to focus in on God, not their gods. Ask God. Invite him into your problem. And then the, and I know some of that physical stuff, some of the other things and family issues, some of the political stuff, it's just, it can be divisive. Ask him to come in, okay? And this one helps me a lot. Make a list of as many things as you can be thankful for and review it daily. Um, I don't know if any of you have seen Steve Harvey and he has a, if you want to, YouTube him on gratefulness. And he has a neat way to say it, but it's just like a shield that goes around you, your head, your thoughts. When you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or I feel this pain or I... If that's your first thought, that's the negative that carries all the way through. Go back to what you're thankful for, what you really do have. I think of Joseph. What did he have to be thankful for when he was in the prison? Maybe it was, wow, I'm still being fed. Good deal. Uh, I had a place to sleep. I was on the floor. I'm here. God's given me a little favor in this area. Whatever it is, start thanking God. How many of you can see, obviously most of you in here, with the fall colors, being able to see those? Now think of someone who can't see them. Be thankful for what you can see. Some of the smells, I gave a word to you about plumerias. And even that word, of course, for me, I had lived in Hawaii for three years, and I'm like, oh, that even just brought me just encouragement. Some of the smells... Wonderful. God's given us five senses. He actually has given us more. So go through that while you're in the process. We're all in the process. And, and all the words, in fact, this morning mentioned that about going through the process. You gave a word, hey, I'm seeing all of this and how different people have played a different role in my life while I was going through some bad stuff. We're all in process. Be encouraging. You may be that little lifeline that allows someone to bear their load for a while so God can draw that gold out of them. He isn't looking at you, and he doesn't condemn you. He's not saying, oh, you got a bunch of stuff in your life. He just knows what's around you, just like the ore, and he's going to get set. He's, he's going to draw that gold right out of you. While you're in the process, you know, help someone else that's in the process. And ask Holy Spirit, who's going to help you? That's what I wanted to share this morning. Today, afterwards, I want you to go on ahead and write that list, because I'm going to talk. Go on ahead and write down the list of things that you're talking about, or that I asked you to be thankful for. Try to fill that up quickly. Just simple things. Eyesight, I already told you one. If you have it, write it down. Start writing it, because that's the list that's going to help you. If you also look on the very bottom, how many of you, and, and I know it may have been hard for you, but how many of you got a word for that person I was talking about? 
Anyone get those words? Maybe you can write it down on the bottom or you get an impression. That person I was talking about is you. That person I was talking about, Holy Spirit wanted to speak to you. That's how you start hearing God's voice. Just step out in faith. He has a word for you, and he gave it through you. That is a beginning of a relationship. We talk about that, and we do a, a closing time asking you to think about beginning a relationship with Christ. That's what it's about, starting where he talks to you. Your process is totally different than mine. Some are similar. But he wants to talk to you. Now looking at that, anybody want to be brave enough to say, well, maybe that was a little better than I thought for myself. Because sometimes it's easier to good, give a good word to someone else, but it's harder to give a good word to yourself. God loves you. Quiet your mind and allow him to talk to you. And a lot of times it sounds better than what you would have said. It really does. And that's, and it's coming through your own thoughts and your own voice. And then it sounds, that gives you a hint, it's Holy Spirit. And guys, you just have to surrender to Him.